So we know that Chop Robinson is entering the draft and he's opting out of the bowl game. Some players have followed suit. Others are making some pretty interesting decisions on what they're going to do for the Peach Bowl and their futures at Penn State. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Penn State fans? That is right. You are locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, channel manager here for Locked On Nittany Lions, bringing you all things Penn State football, men's basketball, and so much more on the show. We've got a lot of football, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, full game opt-outs, opt-ins. A lot of guys are sticking with the team and are going to play in the Peach Bowl. Also got some transfer portal updates and early National Signing Day is here. My final thoughts on the class of 2024, the good, the great about this class, but also what is what is it missing? An honest take on the class of 2024 for Penn State football in this episode. Before we get to any of it, help out the channel. Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate each and every one of you becoming an everydayer Penn State is actually returning a lot of players for the Peach Bowl, surprisingly enough, just because there are a lot of talented players. Scott Robinson, of course, opting out and will not play in the Peach Bowl, but Theo Johnson's going to play. Adisa Isaac, right? And there are still some other players that still have yet to make an important decision whether they're going to play or whether they're going to even come back to Penn State next season. Some players gave some updates, and we're going to discuss those in the opening segment here, specifically Curtis Jacobs to start. Uh, he's leaving for the draft, and that's no surprise because the draft scouts have him as a top five linebacker prospect. We'll see what happens on draft day, right? We'll see how NFL teams actually go through and everything. But I believe the scouts, when they tell you that Curtis Jacobs is as good as advertised and better, I don't believe the journalists when they leave him off the award watch list. That's just disrespectful. <laughs> and we've seen that. But Curtis Jacobs. Uh, someone who I would project myself personally, not as a first round pick, but probably a second round pick, no later than the third round. Certainly no later than the third round. You would you would think that most players would opt out in that case. For Curtis Jacobs, no, he's going to play in the Peach Bowl, and that is good to have him alongside the defense in this game against an Ole Miss offense that we know is really talented. So Curtis Jacobs is definitely needed if Penn State wants to be competitive in this Peach Bowl. Another defensive player that Penn State certainly needed for the Peach Bowl but will not be back next season is Adisa Isaac. Adisa Isaac, you can't help but root for Adisa Isaac in so many ways. He's poured his blood, sweat, and tears into this Penn State football program. He gives 110%. He worked his way back from injury. He's got an incredible background, an incredible story that you cannot dislike this him as a person or him as a player. And Adisa Isaac just showing that he wants to be an example, set the tone for what it means to be a captain. And Isaac is leaving for the draft, but will play in the Peach Bowl. How about that? I speculated just because of the type of season that he had, the draft stock that is probably continuing to build. Maybe he wants to prove something to NFL scouts and say, hey, I'm a first-round pick because I would project him right now. I think he has the talent to be a first-rounder, late, late first-rounder. But for Adisa Isaac, Scouts probably see him as a second or third round pick. Maybe he even slides to the fourth round. But with a good bowl game, pro day, combine, 
maybe that draft stock rises even more. So maybe that's a part of the plan here. But Adisa Isaac, because I view him as a day two pick, and maybe scouts don't necessarily because of the end, maybe some injury concerns, right? But he's performed so well, and, and he's back to full strength in this case. But he is going to play in the Peach Bowl. Johnny Dixon, we'll move to the secondary because defense is going to, you know, how I'm starting with all the defensive players because Ole Miss's offense is going to be very good. They're going to have all their receivers available, Jackson Dark, Quinshawn Judkins. And we'll talk to Locked On Ole Miss for a couple more previews leading up to this game uh, down in Atlanta. Johnny Dixon is expected to opt out. Now, nothing is official, but it seems he accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl. Johnny Dixon might have had some conversations with scouts, and they said, yeah, your draft stock has significantly risen over the past you know, months, right? Nobody really considered Johnny Dixon or was giving him the proper media attention, and James Franklin would always make it a point, hey, you're not talking about Johnny Dixon enough. Well, in, in those circles, when it comes to professional football, maybe that's different. He's expected to opt out, and he's probably going to enter the NFL draft as well. If you accept that invitation to the Senior Bowl, that's almost an indication of what your plans are for the future. Uh, but that one stings. Losing Johnny Dixon next season, now you got to watch for Kalen King and Daquan Hardy. Let's discuss Kalen King because even though he hasn't made an announcement officially, I still expect him to opt out, and I expect him to enter the NFL draft. And that's another significant loss. Now, Kalen King did not have the season we expected him to. We, he did not perform up to expectations. And that was tough because Joey Porter Jr. set the bar pretty high. And Kalen King had to defend the twos and the threes while Joey Porter Jr. typically locked down the number ones. Well, Kalen King went in those matchups against number one wide receivers and was exposed from time to time, did have his struggles. Do I think that he's a, a, absolutely abysmal in pass coverage? No, I do not. I still view him as a day two pick. But who knows how much his draft stock has slid. Do we know how much it's fallen? If the grades are that bad, because Kalen King, at the beginning of the season, was in the conversation in a lot of mock drafts, whether it was journalists, analysts, scouts, kind of viewed him as one of the three best cornerbacks in the draft on the big board going into 2024. That's not the case anymore. That's not the same conversation. So if the draft stock really took that much of a hit, I can actually see Kalen King coming back to Penn State in this instance because it doesn't seem like Kobe King, his twin brother, is going to be leaving Penn State, at least not for this season, maybe next year if everything goes right because he's continuing to get better. But I wonder, as twin brothers, are they going to separate? Are they going to break apart? Are they going to play at Penn State and go together in the draft? So Kalen King actually might, may, I might change my pick here and say that Kalen King does return to Penn State if the draft stock really took that much of a dive. But we don't know unless we talk to some NFL scouts, right? But I still view him as a second or third round pick. Who knows what the NFL scouts are thinking at this point since the season was a little underwhelming. Olu Fashinu, he's not announcing anything, right? And he seems like the most obvious next to Chop Robinson. Is he leaving? Is he playing in the Peach Bowl? We don't know. He's practicing with the team. And that makes a lot of sense as a captain, as just... He's graduated, so uh, unless he's pursuing his doctorate, I have no idea how Olu Fashionu legitimately comes back to Penn State. Like, realistically, let's just be honest. Olu Fashionu, I think, really can't do anything more academically unless he is pursuing some, some additional degree. But Olu is one of the most intelligent football players that will play for Penn State at Beaver Stadium, and that's, that's just an honest take, right? That's not even a take. That's just the honest truth that Olu Fashionu is as smart 
of a football player that Penn State will ever have in its history, right? But to see him still practicing with the team, to uh, have the plan to travel with the team, he might suit up. Maybe he plays a few snaps in the Peach Bowl, but I don't. I, I think that he's still trending towards declaring for the NFL draft. In my mind, there is no possibility, no universe where he actually can come back to Penn State, even though it, it is interesting that he's still kind of, he the mums the word as far as what's going to happen with his future. He's going into the draft, and he probably, if he plays a couple of snaps in the Peach Bowl, fine, but it's not going to be a full four quarters, as many snaps as you can log type of thing. But Bashanu, he's practicing because he wants to continue to build for the NFL draft. I think that's smart to do, and all these players should be practicing regardless of their decisions. Caden Wallace, though, we switch over to the offensive side of the football, and Caden Wallace, he's leaving for the draft. That's a big deal. It Honestly, it's not ideal for Penn State to be losing hypothetically because Olu Fashioner still hasn't made his decision, but we're anticipating that now Caden Wallace and Olu Fashioner, both of your starting tackles are gone. Both of your veteran anchors on each side of the line of scrimmage are gone. And now Drew Allers have a new blindside protector, but also the new front side protector as well. Criticism of Caden Wallace over the years have been warranted, but this was his best season. He's one of your better offensive linemen in the room. You're losing a veteran, and now you got to replace that. I have full confidence in Javen Williams and Drew Shelton, but I also have to admit, because I've said this on other episodes, what, what is the depth like at the offensive line? Why is Penn State aggressively targeting offensive tackles in the transfer portal? Follow what James Franklin does, right? Just look at what it is. This isn't just me trying to tell you what's what, okay? This is me taking the evidence that Penn State and James Franklin have shown us and trying to translate it to you as best as I can. And if Penn State's pursuing an offensive tackle, a guy like Chase Basantis, who I do have an update for you in the next segment because we're going to talk about the transfer portal, but Penn State does have an issue, and Alan Heron commits to the team. What is Penn State's plan at offensive tackle? Do they feel that confident? Do they feel like they have enough? Well, it looks like they're kind of preparing for the worst here in this case, and, and maybe they do lose some other offensive linemen. Hunter Norzet is playing but he has to leave. He's out of eligibility. So there's your starting center, your two starting tackles. What about your guard, Sal Wormley? We don't know what his decision is, but he could leave. Daquan Hardy brought up his name. He could come back. He could also depart. Those guys are probably going to play in the Peach Bowl regardless, but are they coming back to Penn State? Tyler Warren, we saw Theo Johnson, is going to play, but he is leaving for the NFL. Tyler Warren, could he make a similar decision? Play in the Peach Bowl, but I'm going to follow him because I like where my draft stock is. I think there's there's arguments for both sides for Warren. However, that's ultimately up to him, but same thing. He said that he is playing in the Peach Bowl, but we don't know for a fact if he's going to stay or if he's going to go into the 2024 NFL draft. So that's really all the latest updates here. Maybe some other surprise players could come along, but those are the ones, the most important decisions that have left to be made. Kalen King's one of them. You could even throw guys like Jalen Reed in that category. Hypothetically, Kobe King could leave as well, but I think those guys return, but it is worth mentioning their names just because that is a possibility, right? They, they have the chance to go into the NFL draft if they see it that way. But out of the transfer portal now, Penn State still is pretty quiet so far. You have Alan Heron. You also got a special teams player that we're going to discuss on the other side of our break. So coming up next on Locked on Nittany Lines, we're going to talk about the latest with the transfer portal 
and how Penn State is doing and what you need to know about this place kicker that Penn State got a commitment from. And today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to its peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, and exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. And the Locked On Podcast Network is proud of this one. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Penn State has been quiet in the transfer portal. Now, they did get a place kicker. Chase Meyer out of Tulsa is going to come to Happy Valley. But I think everybody is a little more interested in Julian Fleming and what's going on there because it's now been, what, four or five days since those expert predictions came in. Crystal Ball, the forecasting that Julian Fleming was going to transfer to Penn State. But no commitment, no no announcement. December 19th was his birthday. He's turning 23 years old. Julian. Happy birthday, right? Uh, Our birthday wish over here is that you actually make this official and transfer to Penn State, but it hasn't happened yet. I don't know if there are any hangups. I don't know if there are any holdups. What exactly is going on here, but why it's taken as much time as it has been because he had the visit to Nebraska. It didn't work out. Kyle McCord going and committing to Syracuse. Is that a factor in this? Our Fran Brown, Elijah Robinson, Khalil Ahmad, right? Robinson and Maude have connections to Penn State. Are they trying to make a last-second push for Fleming? I'm not sure, but you can't help but speculate with the way that Syracuse has been recruiting him. Al McCord and Fleming took those visits together to Nebraska. It didn't work out. So what what is going on here? We'll wait and see. Nothing. There, there's, no, there's no indications that Julian Fleming it would back out uh, of a hypothetical commitment here, right? And we don't, we don't know. It's just a prediction. It's just a prediction to this point, but it is getting a little concerning. So as time goes by, that, that's not helping the case for Fleming to Penn State. Let's talk about the positives, right? Uh, aside from the speculation of a, a bad case scenario, how about the good? Chase Meyer from Tulsa is going to commit to Penn State, has committed. Tulsa kicker was third team All-American Athletic Conference this past season. And he kicked at UPenn before, so this is his third school. So he's familiar with Pennsylvania, right? He was a Quaker, transferred to Tulsa, now transferring to Penn State from the state of California. So, hey, welcome to the East Coast, I guess, in this case. But I, I expect him to simply be a place kicker. Meyer does not have the strongest leg. I, I think this is going to be another kicker competition between Sanders Sahadak and, and now this transfer in Meyer. Because at times, he did struggle with touchbacks. It really wasn't his forte at UPenn. 
And, and then at Tulsa, kind of the same case. He was extremely accurate, 17 of 20 on field goals, had his longest kick of the season was 47 yards, and he made a number of kicks over 40 yards in, in general. So Penn State recruiting him for his accuracy, not really for his leg strength here. You're not getting another another instance of Jordan Stout where he can do just about anything and everything and kick from any range, handoff, kickoff duties. That's what you have Gabe Wosu for. Sander Sahadak will also compete there as well. But expect another kicker competition. Alex Falcons was a beast coming in, and that should not be taken for granted because he was almost all but automatic down the stretch of the season. Hopefully Sander finally breaks out. It's great to have that insurance. This is what this is. This is insurance and spirited competition because you want to get the best out of your players. Sanders Sahadek hasn't shown enough trust or hasn't been able to build enough trust in this case to have Penn State fully back him as the starting kicker. But he's got a strong leg. The accuracy is there, but it's it's a little wishy-washy, right? He misses routine kicks that he shouldn't. So I feel like he struggles with nerves, not necessarily talent. Can he do it? Absolutely. Will he do it? is another question. So Penn State getting insurance, getting somebody that's going to enhance the competition. And, and either way, I put this up to 50-50 because Sanders Sahadak uh, is going to, he, he does have the stronger leg and he's going to be a kickoff specialist. But in the case of Chase Meyer, just what we've seen statistically, uh, he is simply more so for his accuracy above all else. And that's fine. Penn State, Penn State has shown that they have benefited from having multiple kickers on the roster that can play because you never know who's going to have to go in at any given moment. So the plan is staying status quo here. As far as other updates around the transfer portal, right? Penn state is still going to try to recruit some receivers. We're still waiting to hear about Andre green. Julian Fleming is projected to Penn state, but still hasn't made that decision as I've mentioned. And then you were trying to recruit some offensive tackles to go along with Alan Heron. Chase Basantis was one of them top offensive linemen in the portal. and someone who could come in and start immediately with Olu Fashionu expected to leave. We now know that Caden Wallace is in fact leaving. Basantis made a lot of sense for Penn State, especially since they recruited him when he was a high school player in New Jersey. But he's going back to Texas A&M. And Michigan, who was projected to land Basantis, so Penn State was already on the outside looking in. They weren't one of Basantis' first choices. It seemed like Michigan was going to land Basantis, who, you know, former five-star, top offensive lineman, right? They were also projected to land Dante Moore. So Michigan was going to get an answer for J.J. McCarthy's departure and a world-class left tackle, and both Moore and Basantis are going other places. Michigan misses out on both. Penn State could have definitely used Basantis, but I, I like that Michigan misses out on both of the players that they were projected to get. Dante Moore going to Oregon, along with Dylan Gabriel. That's a that's a strange dynamic. Good Good for the Ducks, I guess, coming into the Big Ten. You got not one but two quarterbacks that are capable of being all conference oh boy so that's that's going to be fun with oregon usc ucla washington all coming into the big 10 and oregon is is loading up to try to make a run with its first season in the conference but there's your update on the transfer portal now class of 2024 getting ready to sign early national signing day wednesday december 20th and penn state is does have a really good high quality class, a class that is in just inside the top 15, depending on where you look. But around those parts, we're going to discuss my final thoughts on the class of 2024 and what Penn State is getting from these recruits.
And welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. If you're not already, become an everydayer. Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let me know in the comments what you think about this class of 2024, which players you are most excited more for and can be difference makers for the Nittany Lions. Now, these are my final thoughts on the class of 2024. This is a solid class. Checks a lot of boxes. Depending on what recruiting site you look at, ranked 15th, 16th, it seems like the consensus is this is a top 15 recruiting class. And honestly, I think that's a little underrated. There's huge difference makers on this team. There's a few of them. Like I'm talking program, faces of the program type of players. You also check a lot of needs that Penn State had. There are some things that they're missing, but let's break that all down. So that some of those game changers that I'm referring to, guys that can take over a football game, have some of the most upside, are already day one. They can play, especially if they enroll early. Luke Reynolds, Quentin Martin, and Liam Andrews. Now, that's no disrespect to guys like Ethan Grunkmeyer, right? I think he can be a difference maker, but it's going to take some time. And there's, you know, Drew Aller, there's Bo Fabula. But for Luke Reynolds, Quentin Martin, Liam Andrews, these guys can, if they enroll early, can play right away and can be contributors as true freshmen. Personally, my favorite player of the three is Quentin Martin. Uh, Quentin Martin is a two-way athlete could play safety, could play running back. He's going to play running back. That's what he's been recruited at. Now, my preference is safety because he's got that ideal size, six foot two, probably could go all the way up to 220, 230 pounds. And that's that's a good size for running back as well. It, it, them recruiting, for Penn State to recruit Martin as a running back makes a lot of sense because you're hypothetically going to lose Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen in the same draft for the class of 2025. And with that kind of turnover, with not one, but two starters, two starting caliber running backs, guys who are all conference players, you, you need somebody ready to go that top kind of talent. I'm, I'm not sure why Martin is, he's a high-end four-star. I would rate him as a five-star personally. Now, I'm not as invested in recruiting as much as people, but when I've watched him play in person, I've watched him take over games. And maybe that's where my bias comes from. But Martin is, uh, is will be a contributor. He might even can he might even compete for that third running back spot right as a true freshman and can be utilized in the kick return game. He's got to go along with that size. He's not don't think of him as well. He's six foot two, two hundred. He could projects at two hundred thirty pounds that he's going to be a bowling ball. No, he's an all around athlete. He can hit. He uses the hit stick, but he can also turn on the afterburners. You are truly getting a world class athlete in Quentin Martin, someone who's incredibly intelligent. So that speed combination along with that size it is truly unfair when his potential is met. The next player on as far as game changers go is Luke Reynolds. Everybody's been talking about Luke Reynolds for a long time. Reynolds is a workhorse. You're getting not a consensus five-star tight end, but someone who is 24-7 has him as a five-star. He's a high-end four-star by the other side. Could play right away. He's going to be enrolling early. Of course, he's got exceptional hands. I mean, this was somebody, again, another little bit of bias here because I got to see him in person. State College, Pennsylvania had the Elite 11, and he showed up, and he just dominated. He dominated the athlete side of it. Quarterbacks were throwing to him, and he was by far the best receiver there, beating all the other wide receivers out, the running backs, et cetera. He was the guy that, and he ended up being that MVP for the athletes, not the quarter. The quarterbacks had their own group, but the athletes that were there, he ended up being the MVP. Adam Brenneman, former Penn State tight end, 
has high praise for him. Mike Gesicki has offered some, some as well. He showed out. One MVP at Elite 11. That was all I needed to see. Former quarterback turned tight end. Ideal size. Again, just kind of needs to add on the weight. Six foot four. He's listed at 220 currently. If he can add on 20 or 30 pounds, I know that's a tall task to do. Tony Rojas did it at Penn State. So what's in the water in Happy Valley, right, that is able to get some of these younger players to put on the ideal size when they get to Penn State? If Luke Reynolds can follow that nutrition, uh, that nutritional plan, he could be somebody that sees snaps right away, especially with Theo Johnson going over to the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to take away snaps from Khalil Dinkins or the likes of Tyler Warren if Tyler Warren comes back, but could be him, Andrew Rapplier, right? There's a lot of depth at tight end now, and Luke Reynolds, just what from what we've seen, I think will get his opportunities. Someone else who could see opportunities right away, Liam Andrews, because he's already coming in with ideal size. Another player listed at six foot five, 260 pounds, was originally an offensive lineman, then flips over to defensive tackle. Someone who needs to add about 20 to 30 pounds to play right away. But if he enrolls early, he might honestly prove to be one of the better players in this entire class. I think that he he's already a high-end four-star with the just because of the way that he plays. So he has ideal size, but it's the type of player that he is, the type of person. He's emotional, good emotion, right? Not reckless. He plays nasty. And I think that's what Penn State needs a little bit more of on defense. He plays with a nasty streak, high motor, plays past the whistle, but within reason, right? He's not. I'm not implying that he's racking up all these excessive penalties, but he plays mean, he plays physical, you uh, opposing offensive linemen are not going to like going up against Liam Andrews if he's able to achieve his true upside. He understands since he played both ways, he played offensive line and he's played defensive line. Since he does, he has that advantage of understanding both techniques and he's played anywhere on the defensive line, whether it's inside as a three technique, four te- technique, but he has the ability to go and play defensive end if he really wanted to. That's how athletic he is. He's going to be a defensive tackle. He's going to add on that weight. And honestly, I can see him being a defensive captain when all said and done. Hopefully, I, I, I look great. I look smart by making this assessment two to three years down the road. Uh, another player that I think is, is worth sharing um, is, before we get to the quarterback in this class, Ethan Grunkmeyer, is John Mitchell. John Mitchell has the chance to be the best defensive back in Penn State's class for 2024. He has lockdown traits. He's very instinctive. Six foot, listed at 180 pounds right now. So, of course, he'll add the size but super athletic and and any of these kids are, but it's what he has shown when he's gone to these combines, when he's gone to these skills camps. Now, Mitchell is really fast, but it's the vertical. When he's gone to these combines, these skills camps, he shows that he has the highest vertical, one of the best jumpers. So it doesn't matter if the receivers are six foot four or small shifty five foot nine slot receivers. I feel like John Mitchell's versatility You can ask him to cover any wide receiver that he has to go up against. And that's why I like John Mitchell as one of the better players in this class. But those those are my big three. John Mitchell, not too far behind there. Let's discuss the quarterback because everyone wants to talk about QBs. Ethan Grunkmeyer. People criticize this for Penn State taking him on as a commit. A lowly three-star, wasn't that good. Penn State settling. And now we look at the recruiting sites. ESPN has him as a top five quarterback. All the other ones, aside from Rivals, has him in the top 15, but the other recruiting sites have him as a consensus top 10 easily. It's not even close. He's ranked 7th, 8th, but he was always underrated to begin with, and Penn State found a gem. 
smart player. He's mobile. I wouldn't necessarily describe him as a true dual threat quarterback, but if he needs to make a play with his legs, he will do that. You could compare him to Sean Clifford in that regard because he's tough. He's cerebral. He makes good decisions. Accurate, accurate, accurate. Grunkmeyer completed 66% of his passes, had a 39 touchdown to nine interception ratio in his final season of high school football. He's going to be enrolling early, works with the same quarterback coach as Drew Aller. So there's that familiarity, the same similar type of development. But I like that he does have this extra bit of athleticism to him. He's going to use his legs when he has to and when he wants to. Okay, he has that capability. He's not he's not a statue or anything like that. He's got a good solid arm. Do I think he needs to redshirt and develop a little more? Absolutely. But your quarterback room gets a lot better now because you have four capable signal callers now between Aller, Fabula, Smolik, and in this case, Ethan Runkmeyer. This was this was a good find by him. People want to, you know, talk bad about Mike Yersich. That's fine. But Mike Yersich did one good thing, and it was identified Drew Aller and Ethan Grunkmeyer, and, and now they're both going to be enrolled at Penn State in this quarterback room. What else does this Penn State class do? I, I, I alluded to the fact that it checks a lot of boxes. So what are those boxes? You get the quarterback. You get a quarterback in this class. That's very important just in the age of the transfer portal, and you need depth as we saw that in the 2021 season when Penn State was top five and they lost John Clifford. You need depth. You got two running backs. Penn State is always keying in on trying to get not one, but two running backs. And in this case, you get Corey Smith to go along with Quentin Martin. You get that high-profile high profile tight end. Ty Howe continues to impress. You have players with a lot of upside. Maybe guys that Ethan Grunkmeyer falls in that category, right? Of someone who was really underrated, but is shattering expectations. T.A. Cunningham's like that as well. Another player that has just a lot of upside, a former top 10 player in this class. Things changed with where he was going to high school and a lack of playing time and everything else. So those ratings have taken a hit. But I think with the way that Penn State can work with him, that he could maybe get back to that spot if everything goes well. And speaking of Cunningham, Penn State got a lot of defensive linemen in this cycle. They got more defensive tackles, but they also got a couple of defensive ends as well. You got more offensive linemen. You need that as you have guys like Olu Fashion, who came Wallace moving on. You need to be able to replenish that and get those guys developing now. So guys like Cooper Cousins, right? Agan Boyer, Garrett Sexton, they need to get in the weight room now and get to Penn State as soon as possible. You got some wide receivers. You got wide receivers with potential. Would I have liked Penn State to get four or five pass catchers? Absolutely not the case, but you do get three. You don't just get one. You get three guys with, again, a lot of upside. Peter Gonzalez, Josiah Brown, guys that are recovering from injuries over the course of their high school football careers. Penn State still believed in them. Other schools said, you know what? We're going to back off on our recruiting. Penn State continued to recruit them, and that's why they're committing to the Nittany Lions. And I don't think the defensive backs get enough love in, in this class of 2024. So Ohio State might be considered wide receiver you in this case, but Penn State continues to crank out just strong secondaries that don't give up all those bulk yardages. It is difficult to go up against Penn State's secondary. Ohio State might have won that game, but it's not like they had an oh, oh, all this overwhelming success. Marvin Harrison Jr. had a great game. That's not my point, but it's not like Ohio State was able to air it out. Michigan wasn't able to air it out. These teams weren't able to pick apart the secondary, and Penn State is continuing to do that with the players that are in this class of 2024. There are some things missing. 
because with all of the the good and the great in the class of 2024, what did Penn State miss uh, in this class? Let's be honest, a stud wide receiver. It's no disrespect to Peter Gonzalez, Josiah Brown, Tyzer Denmark, who I believe could be, has the most potential in this class, but they did need to find that superstar, someone who could come in and compete and be alongside Quint Martin, Luke Reynolds, and Liam Andrews in that category of faces of the program. I certainly think all those guys can live up to their potential, but someone, those guys will not be playing right away. Peter Gonzalez, Josiah Brown, Tyzer Denmark are all most likely going to redshirt right away. I would say Denmark is the closest to playing for Penn State and seeing, seeing snaps immediately. But in this case, I, Penn State could have used a high-end four-star. I, I don't know how likely they were to get a five-star. Jeremiah Smith would kind of tease and say, I'm going to visit Penn State. I'm not going to visit Penn State. Jeremiah Smith, that would have been uh, one heck of a find, one heck of, of a player to commit to Penn State. But we'll see what ultimately happens, right, with him going to Ohio State, being recruited by Florida State, all, all that stuff. But you needed a true stud, and you don't have that in, in this cycle. Something else that they're missing, and it's not really necessarily a need, it's a want just because of the age of NIL. Transfer portal, quarterback depth, and that is the second quarterback. Penn State, I'm following what Penn State wanted. James Franklin said that he wanted a second quarterback, and they were trying to recruit and get two quarterback commits in this class. You get the one in Ethan Grunkmeyer, but it wouldn't have hurt to, to get that second passer, right? Just because of this age of college football, you need the more the merrier in this case. And State also needed more defensive ends. I like Jalen Harvey. I like Malachi Williams. Those were the highest guys up on their big board, but they missed out on quite another another number of defensive ends, pass rushers, edge defenders that they missed out on between uh, other schools, and they just never were able to land that commitment. I wanted to see maybe at least a third, fourth would have been extremely ideal in this case because you are losing Chop Robinson. You are losing Adisa Isaac. Denied Dennis Sutton is probably going to go into the draft in the next cycle. What does that mean for Amin Vanover and Zariah Fisher, who are veterans on the team? Are they going to go in to the next draft? That opens up a lot of things. Now you have guys like Jameel Lyons who are ready to step up, but what are some, who are some of those other names? And, and right now, Jalen Harvey and Malachi Williams, I also think are going to have to redshirt as well. I don't know that they will see playing time immediately either. And Penn State also did not get another player to replace Abdul Carter. Abdul Carter is going to go into the 2025 NFL draft. You need that next number 11. Who is that going to be? And this was really a long shot because not a lot of players fit into this category of what number 11 needs to do on this Penn State defense. It's very hard to find Micah Parsons, Abdul Carter types, and that's why you see them every few years. Jamonte Waller seemed to have fit that need, and Penn State had serious interest in Waller. And Waller back at Penn State, just from what I heard from my recruiting sources, but Waller ends up committing to Florida, ultimately flipping to Auburn, and you don't get that num next number 11 in waiting. So it's, it's tough to do just because it's difficult to live up to those expectations, but I don't see anybody in this class that resembles a, number, a future number 11, a LeVar Arrington, a, the you know, Stick City type of player that's just not in this class of 2024. So we'll, re we'll conclude it here with all of the players that are going to sign with Penn State for early National Signing Day and their rating. And this is going, I'm going to go off of what Rivals.com has. So here's the class of 2024 for Penn State. Luke Reynolds, tight end, four-star. Quentin Martin, athlete, four-star. Ethan Grunkmeyer, quarterback, four-star. Cooper Cousins, interior offensive lineman, 
four-star. Liam Andrews, athlete, defensive tackle, four-star. John Mitchell, cornerback, three-star. Garrett Sexton, offensive tackle, three-star. Malachi Williams, edge defender, four-star. Dewan Lane, safety, four-star. Babu Toure, safety, three-star. Corey Smith, running back, four-star. Josiah Brown, wide receiver, three-star. Jalen Harvey, edge defender, four-star. Anthony Specka, linebacker, four-star. T.A. Cunningham, defensive lineman, four-star. Tyzer Denmark, wide receiver, four-star. Donovan Harbor, interior offensive lineman, three-star. Egan Boyer, offensive tackle, three-star. Caleb Brewer, interior offensive lineman, three-star. Kari Jackson, linebacker, four-star. Kenny Wosley, cornerback, four-star. Antoine Belgrave-Shorter, cornerback, three-star. Xavier Gilliam, defensive lineman, three-star. Peter Gonzalez, wide receiver, three-star. DeAndre Cook, defensive lineman, three-star. That is your class of 2024 for Penn State football. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lines. I appreciate you checking out this episode. Like the show. Comment what you think about the class of 2024, the latest on the transfer portal, the opt-ins, opt-outs for the Peach Bowl, and what the Nittany Lions uh, have coming back for the 2024 season already on this roster. And more, and for more Penn State football analysis, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.